my brain, I've been kind of thinking about my own life journey. And I've been thinking about this kind of roller coaster ride that I've been on. And like here I am, now I'm a tour guide. And I'll just like four minutes of, of biographical, just like where my brain's at. So I started out basically, since I was a little kid, I knew I wanted to be a rabbi. Always wanted to be a rabbi. In my head, I was going to be a campus rabbi. I don't know, I got that idea of doing outreach. Um, and my brother went to Cornell, so I thought maybe I'd go there. And I had, I went, I had that in my head. I, since I was a little kid, I'm preparing Shirim to give on campus. I don't know. And uh, I get this year at the Kotel, and I, this is my year to learn. I just want to learn as much as possible. Like halacha, gemara, like serious stuff. I did a lot of a shkuf in high school. Now I want to like learn serious. And like Yeshiva used to go on Tulim. And between you and me, don't tell us arrogant, I, I would ditch most of the Tulim. I don't know. Somehow I, I got away with it. Because you know, this is my year to learn. I'm here to sit in the base matters and learn as many, you know, as much as I can. And I wasn't like into Tulim. I did it in Bnei Akiva as a kid. I thought it was fun, like a nice, you can schmooze. Whatever, you get to talk, go to t- talk to that girl that you didn't ever talk to, but it wasn't like in a voter system. It was just a, it was just a distraction for the base members, you know what I'm saying? So that's where I was at. And then uh, the first 10 years of my career, so to speak, as a rabbi, I was kind of on that kibbun. I was just working my way up to a rabbi, and I became a rabbi. And, um, and something changed at a certain point. I, would, I was in the Israeli army, and I remember I used to go on a lot of tulim. You have to do a lot, a lot of hikes in the Israeli army. And I remember one night, it was like three in the morning, I'm in this random yeshuv, and I'm looking down at Eretz Yisrael, and I'm like crying. And I don't know where it comes from, and I'm like, this is my land. Like, I had thought about leaving and becoming a campus rabbi, and I was like, I'm not leaving. Forget it. I'm staying here forever. Like, there's no way. You know, it was in the back of my head. I was like, maybe after the army, I'll go back. No. It just like hit me somehow. And then I, 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 I never thought about going back, you know, permanently after that. I think about it a lot. I think maybe it was because I sacrificed for the land. I gave to the land. I wasn't just a tourist, you know, looking at the land. What you did were you in? I was in Kfir. Still there in Yilin. Shimshon. And um, anyways, here I am. Now, you know, 10 years into my rabbinical career. And uh, life didn't go exactly as expected. I, I didn't, whatever, my rabbi career has been, you know, up and down. Still working a little bit as a rabbi. But mostly, I took a career change. Now I, I became a tour guide, which is something that I started getting more and more in love with. Like, teaching through seeing the land and not just in the base matters. Now I'm trying to kind of find some sort of shiluv between uh, the base matters life and the, and the outside tour guiding world. So that's, that's where my head is at right now. And I started asking myself, you know, what, what is the avoda of going out and seeing Eretz Israel? And like, what, what exactly am I trying to do? What, 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 what am I trying to do with a tour guide that's different than some other tour guide? How can I make this? and Avodah Sashem. That's the question that I've been struggling with. Y- y'all with me so far? Yeah. Okay, great. So now, we can, before you even look at the source sheets, I'll ask you guys, what, what sources come to your heads when you start, what sources indicate that there's inherent value in a tiul walking and looking at Eretz Let me, one more preface. Not that it's just you know, a hechsher mitzvah. Tov, you need to take a break once in a while. You're learning all day. You have to burn yourself out, so you need to go play sports. So that's what I call a hechsher mitzvah. You need to take a break once in a while. I'm not looking for that. I'm looking for maybe some sources that indicate that there's inherent, essential value in the act of taking a few in Eretz Yisrael specifically. Okay, so that's the question. So what do you guys think? What comes to your mind? Who made the 
Oh, beautiful. Okay, so Josh got my first source. Before he looked. Did you already look at the source? No. Very good. Awesome. Excellent. So we'll get to that in a moment. Any other ideas which come into your head, Talmudic Chumash sources about the value in, in walking in Eretz Israel? Make a kinyan on the land. Beautiful. What's your name? Sorry. Asher. Asher. Beautiful. We'll get back to that too. Excellent. Any other ideas pop into people Hever's heads? You guys already got a lot, so we're good. Okay, beautiful. No, it's fine. It's fine. Um, and we'll say a bracha at the end because I forgot to do it in the beginning this time. We'll save it. We'll save it for at seven twenty-eight. Okay. So good. So let's start with Avraham Avinu. Hevra. Rishis Yudgimel. Last week's parsha. Hashem Amar al Avram Acharei he pared Lot meimo, and God says to Abraham after Lot separates from him, Sana enecha, lift up your eyes, ure min hamakom asher tasham, and look up from the place where you're at, tafuna ave negma ave kedma ave yahama all around, ki et kolar tasher talra elcha et nena everywhere you see I'm going to give it to you, uzerecha adolam. Go travel through the land because I am going to give you this land. Okay? So, the kasha which I want to ask you is the following. If God wants to give land to Avram Avinu, so let him give it to Avram Avinu. Very nice. I'm going to give it to your children. Why does Avram have to go there and then go and walk through the land? What is the, what is the meaning of this gesture? God is asking Avram Avinu to do. What do you guys think? Already mentioned it. Yeah? Asher? Awesome. So Asher says it's somehow it's a Kenyan. It's an acquisition of the land walking through the land. Excellent. Any other ideas? Maybe it's like uh, when you take your kids to like uh, Yeshiva on the first day so you go to like see a good place or not a good Check place. Check it out a little bit. Yeah. Okay? So it's like I'll, we'll talk more about that. With what eyes are we Checking it out. Are we checking it out to see if it's good, or are we checking it out because we know it's good, but we want to kind of, you know, enjoy it, so to speak. So maybe it could be to enjoy the land. Look, I'm giving you a gift. Now go enjoy it. Or maybe it's more. It's an act of acquisition. So I'm going to start off with, with Asher's um, suggestion. It's a Gemara in Bava Batra, Davkuf, and it goes like this. Tanya, it's taught in a Breita. Hilech ba so, if you see a piece of land and you want to acquire it, Rebbe Eliezer says, if you walk on that land, you have just acquired that land in Eretz Israel. Okay? Chachamim say, walking through the land, don't do nothing. You need to actually take the ground and like do a chazaka, you know, lift it up or do something like that. I'm a Rebbeleezer. comes back and says, My time at Rebbeleezer. What's the reasoning? Our Pasuk with Avram Avinu. He's saying just like Asher said, that by walking through the land, somehow Avram Avinu was acquiring the land. opinion, maybe, or Gilgal of him, who knows? Now, the Rabbanan say, a little like what Josh was saying, well, it wasn't about an acquisition. 
he just wanted to, uh, he wanted him to, to love the land. And the way to come to love the land is to walk through the land. Look, I'm giving you a gift. So like, see the beautiful gift that I'm giving you. Okay? So we see in this Gemara exactly this idea that somehow walking through the land can actually be an act of acquisition on the land. Good? Sounds good so far? So now let's go a little, little bit deeper and ask yourselves, okay, but why? Why should it be that somehow when I'm walking on something, that act of walking through it um, acquires it? Why should that be? What do you think? Okay, so it's a way kind of like marking your tenor. You're saying this is my land. It's like a universally known type of thing that people know that if you walk on something, it's a way of saying like, I own you. I own this. It could be. could be, Josh. Beautiful. Any other thoughts? So I'll say, but Pashtas, Josh is right. It's a simple, it's just one, it's a subjective way. It depends on the society and that's a way of saying, showing ownership, just like lifting it up. But perhaps, perhaps, I was thinking it goes a little, little bit deeper and it goes back to the fact that essentially we are earth. We are dust. And how do I know that? What's my makor? I know that we are Gracious, beautiful. Going sad, look at the next Makar Gimel. Gracious Gimel Yutet. Ki Afar Ata Ve'el Afar Tashuv. This is in the Yom Kippur. No. We, we talk a lot of, about this in Yom Kippur. There it's usually more in the context of like humility. Like you're just dust and you're nothing and you've got nothing, you ain't got a speck of talent, that, that type of thing. Musr. But also, perhaps you could understand it in another level, it's not just like we're lowly. But at the end of the day, a part of our body is connected to the earth. Right? Aside for the Pasuk, by the way, there's another way of knowing that Adam, that man is connected to earth, and that is the fact that... But he came from the ground. Adam, Adama. Adama is from Adam, right? We are earth. By the way, who knows the exact spot in the earth that our earth came from, according to the Ramam in Hilchas Beis Mechira? Manchester. Close. <laughs> Very good. Actually... Actually, what's the holiest place in the universe? Wales. Where it all began? Great. Not Wales. Not Ganeda, not Uklos. Not Al-Aqsa Mosque. Next to Al-Aqsa Mosque. The Dome of the Rock, i.e. Yeah. The Rock, the Holy Rock, where it all began. I I read last week's Parsha, Shvi, you got it. It wasn't in Ganeda. One would think that it was in Ganeda, in Achanami, but the Rambam writes that the earth of man came from the Holy of Holies, came from the foundation stone where we were formed from. How exactly that worked with Gan Eden, I don't know. Because Gan Eden is like Persia area. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. It's a good kasha about how that works with Gan Eden. I don't know. But anyways, just, that's, I was just saying that because we're so close to that. So how can we not mention, like, maybe that's why we're so called to Harabais, to, to this, to Yishalayim, because this is our essence. This is our nature. Okay. In any case, what I'm trying to say is that when I'm going in the ground, I'm connecting to the earth. You know, when you actually touch earth, not with your shoes, but like your, your shoes, stuff happens. Chemicals are moving. You know, like it actually affects a person walking and feeling the ground. I had a, I had a friend, Pete, and he never wore shoes. Like on a hashkafic level, he was very opposed to sh- shoes. He wasn't a Jewish guy. We met in Tzfat and we chilled the whole Shabbos. And anyways... Did he have feet? What? <laughs> Did he have feet? Did he have? He had feet. He was like a Bedouin. He wanted to connect to the earth. 
Bedouin? He was like a Bedouin. Bedouins don't have shoes. They, they, just, they walk. Well, they connect to the earth. I mean, a real Bedouin. A real Bedouin. I think people in New Zealand don't have shoes. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you really like that. The point is, that perhaps what I'm suggesting is that when we connect to the earth, we're, we're connecting ourselves to our nature, to our essence, to a certain extent, connecting to our roots, and we are being connected. We're, we're, we're connecting. We're not just acquiring, but we are connecting, and through the act of connection, acquiring uh, Eretz Yisrael. Okay, so next time you go on a teul, throw off your shoes, you know, just go bare shoeless. All right, that's not the, the main takeaway from this year. Okay, I want to direct this not just to walking in Eretz Yisrael, but I think there's another thing that we can learn from this Pasuk about Avram Avinu, and I bolted it. So, in the first Pasuk, Hashem says, Sa na enecha. Okay? Which literally means, lift up your eyes. Right? Lift up your eyes. And the kasha, the, the, the Mepharshim ask is like, what do you mean lift up your eyes? What's, what's this Lashlam? Sa na enecha. So I didn't bring it, but the, the Meshech Chachma says, don't look at Eretz Yisrael with physical eyes. Look at Eretz Yisrael with spiritual eyes. Is that like when Abraham and Yitzchak, this path partial when they go? Oh, they lift see. up your eyes and see, see the place. Yeah. 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 I didn't make that connection, but that's a beautiful connection. Also there, perhaps, Hashem's telling them, Connect to your essence, connect to your neshama, look in a deeper sense and find the place which I want to show you. Beautiful, beautiful. So, so anyways, what I'm trying to say that maybe also the act of looking at Eretz Yisrael, with not just looking at it physically, looking at it in order to connect, also has intrinsic value. And there's another story in Chumash, where we connect to this idea of the value of looking at Eretz Yisrael. Can anybody guess what I'm talking about? Where else is someone told to look at Eretz Yisrael? It feels like something deeper is going on. Moshe Rabbeinu. The truth is, I skipped this story. There's also a story with Yaakov Avinu where the same thing happens. But by Moshe Rabbeinu, most famously, at the end of his life, God, he really wants to go to Eretz Yisrael. And God says, no, but at least according to Rashi, you can look at the land. I'll let you look at the land. That's like a compromise. Which, L'chayura is kind of weird. It's like, it's almost makes it worse. Like, man, you can look at it, you can't go in there. It's like, why, why do you, why do I want to look at something? It just hurts me that I can't even go there. But yeah, if you look in the Pasuk, Dvarim, Gimel, Chaf Zayin, Hashem says, Aleh, Rosh piska, and once again, Sa, Na, Vesa, Enecha, Yama, Vetzafona, Vetimana, Mizracha, Reb, Enecha, Look up with your eyes because you're not gonna for you're not gonna pass over the Jordan. It's like, so what? So I'm not gonna so why should I look at it? I should not look at it. I look the other way. What what's the point of looking at it? Is, is God rubbing it in? Perhaps, but perhaps there's something deeper going in. That there's some value in just looking at Eretz Israel when you have the right intentions. Okay? You with me so far? Yeah. Okay. So now, this is a little bit of a wild theory, but maybe we can even see this in the story in Parshas Noah, the disturbing story of the Re'iyah of Ham. Okay? When Ham looked at Noah. You guys know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. So you're probably already thinking about Rashi 
and Rashi's explanation about what Ham did there. But Pasha Pshat, if you just look in the Pshat itself, there's nothing about castration or anything like that. Let's look at it inside. Vayar Ham Avi Knan et Ervat Aviv Vayaged Mishnei Achiv Bachutz. So Ham, the father of Canaan, sees the nakedness of his father, and he goes and tells his brothers who are outside. Again, this is right after Noach gets drunk, and he's wallowing in this bad state, and Ham looks at him, and then Noach curses him. Okay? He curses him, and he gets a terrible curse. And everyone's trying to figure out, including Rashi in the Midrash, like, what was so terrible about looking at him? Okay? So, said Rashi has his shot, but, you know, there's 70 pun in so, what does it mean? And Cham looked at him. So, when I was in Barilan, I, st- I studied Chumash academically. Like, you're not allowed to look at the Mepharshim, you just, just shot itself. That's, that's their shita. And I, I used to read all these interesting Sfarim. And I once read in this, uh, this, I think he was a Christian commentator, but it was, it was a cool shot, to be honest. And, um, and uh, he said like this, perhaps we see, and he pointed out a few other examples in Tanakh, that Looking at something is again an act of acquisition, of ownership, of like, I am better than you. Okay? I own you. Right? Like, I don't know. The only thing I could think of is like a guy dunks. I don't know if the basketball references work for you guys, but somebody dunks on somebody else and then you just look down at him. Or like in soccer, whatever, football, you like, after you store a goal, you look at the guy you just beat. It's, an, it's a way of saying, like, I own you, man. Like, I'm better than you. You know? Like, in the kicking, something like that, yeah? So perhaps, just a theory, perhaps when Ham looked at Noah with that disgust, it was an act of saying, I'm better than you, I own you, and that was what was so terrible about that act, uh, that arrogant act, and that's why Noah was so angry and Noah cursed Ham. You guys with me? Yeah. So whether you're Makavo the Chiddush or not, it's, just, it's an interesting, uh, interesting perspective, and next time you're learning Chumash and you see a Re'iyah, could think a little bit about that. And by the way, there's another source which I found, which, which I think supports this, this theory that even looking at something has a Kenyan uh, value. It's a Gemara in Bavintia, Daf Ches, and the Tanakama Savar, Habota Behefker Kani. I'm looking at a field, I want to own that field, all I have to do is look at it with the Kavana to take ownership over it, and I've just acquired that field. Right? So we see that it's possible that just looking at something has value. So again, going back to my original question about walking in Eretz Israel and looking in Eretz Israel, perhaps these sources you know, support the, the, the idea that when I'm walking in with Eretz Israel and I'm looking at Eretz Israel and my kavana is to acquire Eretz Israel, to connect to Eretz Israel, to be connected to it on a spiritual level, so that is, that is a value. That is powerful. You only watch over things that are usually yours. So... Okay, yeah, fit. So that's almost a little bit different. You're saying, not necessarily it's an act of forming acquisition and saying, because I own the land, I need to watch over it and kind of, you know, make sure it's okay or like show my love towards it or something like that. It's another angle and I like that too. It's very nice. Okay, the second page. Did I give you guys the second page yet? Yes. Good. Beautiful. Here we go. Second page and then we're going to do a fun, as always, you're going to try and translate this into reality at the end, the last uh, five, seven minutes or so. Okay, let's say um, three more sources or so that I think support this concept. Let's skip, before I even look at it inside, we're talking about it being a tour guide. Touring Eretz Yisrael 
and maybe doing a tikkun over a tour in Eretz Yisrael that didn't go the right way. What's, of course, the first source which comes to our minds? The Meraglim, right? Vayaturu et Aretz. Right? And the Meraglim did a tour of Eretz Yisrael. By the way, I don't know if you've noticed, what's the very next story right after the story of the Meraglim? It's the story of Tzitzis. Okay? And what do we say in, in Tzitzis every, every night? Lo taturu so somehow, if you study the Eon, the Sugya of Tzitzis, it's a Tikkun of the Meraglim, okay, which is a Shir for another day. But there's something about this tour that went wrong with the Meraglim, okay? They w- went and they did it in the wrong way. So we'll, we'll just quickly glance inside. And the people which went up, we can't beat this nation because they're too strong for us. And they spoke negatively about the land which they had traveled. By the way, who else spoke a Diba Ra'a? Just have to point this out. Yosef. Yosef spoke a Diba Ra'a about his brothers. And now they're, they're speaking a Diba Ra'a about the land. There's definitely a lot to talk about there, but not for today. It eats its inhabitants, and they're so big and strong. And we were in their eyes like grasshoppers. And that's, and that's how we looked in their eyes. Okay. I, you got to go. It's fine. Well, we'll, we'll send you the, the rest of the recording. All right? And so... Al our time is short. What was the essential sin of the Meraglim? I'm sure you guys have learned about this before. There were some ideas out there. What did they do wrong at the end of the day? They're just doing their job. God told them, Moshe told them to report back. Is it good? Is it bad? They said, it's not that great. Why is that the worst sin in Jewish history that gets us kicked out of Eretz Yisrael? What's so bad about what the Meraglim did? Yeah? They were... Hashem showed him clear signs and they clearly and they mistook it almost. Okay, Hashem's giving them clear signs and they're, and they're, just, and they're just taking it the wrong way. Yeah, fair. Okay, you're saying the fact that people are dying and instead of understanding that people are dying, which is a Kodesh Baruch Hu's Chesed, they took it and switched it. Yeah. yeah, fair. Beautiful. Okay, it's a nice perspective. Yeah, what else, Josh? Uh, yeah, Same idea? Perspective is wrong. It's about their perspective. Beautiful. You have an idea? I'm sure you have an idea oh, well, what, that you've learned about what's so terrible about the, what the spies did. Isn't it that, 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 that it wasn't what they saw, it was how they reported it. Okay, so a little bit of the Ramban, that they, they twisted it in a negative way. So all MS and there's a lot to talk about there, but I'll, I'll basically reinforce what you guys are saying. The way I understand is like this. They misunderstood their pers- their mission. Hashem didn't ask them to go spy on the land, to go look at the land, to decide whether it was a good land or not. Hashem told them many, many times, you're going to the land, this is a gift for me, I love you, this is my gift. Hashem wanted them to look at the land in order to understand how to conquer it and perhaps develop a love for the land. Okay? But instead of looking at it with eyes of love and connection, they looked at it with eyes of judgment. Right? And like Rav Shlomo Karlach in his book, uh, Laman Achai, he writes, it's a little bit like the way that we look at, I don't know, a random person on the street versus your mom. 
when you see your mom, you don't start judging her. Oh, I don't know. Is, is, is she nice? Is she pretty? Is she this? Is she that? She's your mom. You love her, right? Your wife or your, your family. You already come in with the assumption that you're going to love this person. Right? Let's say you have a child one day, Bezrat Hashem. You have a kid. And your wife says, no, what do you think about him? Well, I don't know. I've seen cuter babies. I don't know. He's a little bloody. He's a little too hairy. I mean, uh, he's okay. Well, you want to switch? Like, no, you don't do that, right? You don't do that because you already have to go in with the eyes of loving this thing. And now if you're, you're looking at them to help, to love, to connect, you're not looking at them with eyes of judgment. Okay? By the way, that was Roshlomo's whole thing in life. Maybe another time we'll go more be in than that. He already decided before he met any human in the universe that he's going to love them. No matter who they are or where they're from, I love you. Now, how can I help you? And it's all about your starting point. Okay? How do I walk in to the conversation? Am I here to help? Am I a doctor? Or am I judging? Okay? And that's already a huge... We can end this year there. That, that, that itself is, is huge. So the miraglin, the, t- the sin of the spies, was coming in and not looking at Eretz Yisrael with, with eyes to love the land, but looking at it and judging the land. You with me so far? With that, I want to tell you um, a little story. So uh, Rav Cook, as we know, was one of the biggest Tamidei Chachamim ever. Maybe the biggest of his entire generation. He used to learn 30 daf a day in yeshiva. And, and learn it for real. Rashi tells us, knew it. Moms. He was an incredible genius of a generation. He never wasted a second of Torah. He was always learning and knew a crazy amount. Like Mishra by heart. Insane genius. He gets there to Israel. He's going on a, a little car. And he's looking outside, looking at the window, like he's on a teal. And his chassidim are a bit perplexed. The greatest Talmud Chacham, he never stopped learning. And Pitom, he's just, you know, chilling, hanging out. So they asked no, one of the chassidim, a little bit of chutzpah, says, Rebbe, what's the pshat? Why, why are you just staring outside? You know? So he said, it's a pasuk. It's in Dvarim Yiral. Eretz asher Hashem lokecha doreshata tamid. Enei Hashem lokecha ba merish dashana v'yad da'achir dashana. Eretz Yisrael is the land which a Kaddish Baruch Hu is always looking at. Right? Maybe Hashem's looking and he's like saying things by heart and learning, but, you know. But Hashem's always staring at the land. So also, I can stare at the land. I'm just like Hashem, you know, I can take a break. In other words, perhaps what I think what Cook was trying to say in this story is that I'm not looking at the land as an interruption to my Torah learning. This is my Torah learning. I'm looking with eyes of love. I'm looking with eyes to connect to this land. A similar, a similar with Cook story. He was once in Switzerland in World War I. He got stuck there, a long story. And it's gorgeous there. And somebody says, isn't it really beautiful? And he says, eh, yeah, it's nice. But it's not Eretzshah. It's not Yerushalayim. Because objectively speaking, the Swiss Alps are more beautiful. But it's his, it's Eretz, it's his land. He had a connection because it's, he already decided before and this is the land that Akash Baruch Hu gave him. This is his matana from Akash Baruch Hu. Okay? Okay? So, so that's, 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 the tiku, and that's what we're doing when we're walking in Eretz Israel. We're, we're already deciding on how am I going to look at the good in the land, how am I going to bring out the good in the land. Two more uh, muckers, and then one, one little uh, exercise. So, there's a mission in Avos that seems to kind of go against everything that I'm saying. Um, I always ask this kasha when other people give the tripodrusha that I'm giving. And the mission is in Pirkei Avos, Pirkei Amos says the following. Rabbi Shimon Omer, and source of that, HaMahalach V'derech V'shoyinek. If you're walking in the derech and you're learning, you're having a chavrusa, or, or, or you're learning to yourself, umavstik mishnatov omer 
And you say, you stop learning, and you say, what a beautiful tree. The Torah considered it like you're chayiv in your soul. I, it's, it's a bad thing. You just did a really bad thing. Okay? So, Bepashtas, this Mishnah seems to throw everything we're saying, at least according to Rabbi Shimon, in the garbage. At least according to Rabbi Shimon and Shita, which makes sense, Rabbi Shimon, Chayatim, never stop learning. But, he seems to be saying, no, no, just keep dying. Don't look at trees, don't get to human, just, just stop. Okay? So, nonetheless, how do we, how do we answer that off? How could we say that even according to our, our, our Mahalach, we can understand this Mishnah? Oh, Rav So that's the famous Rav the final source. His error is that he sees this wonder as an interruption from his Torah study. Such a person mistakenly carpentalizes life, isolating his inward, directed spiritual life of prayer and Torah from the beauty of the outside world. By doing so, he forfeits his soul. He abandons his soul's sense of beauty and its harmony with the natural universe. In other words, if you're just going outside and you view this as a base manager and that's a break, and there's nothing to do with one of each other, there's my base manager's life and then there's my outside life, then indeed it's a bad thing to do. But if I connect, I'm, it's all one. It's all one way of connecting to Kaddish Baruch Hu. If I connect my fuel in Eretz Israel to the base menorish, then it's really all one, and then it's a beautiful thing. So like, basically, it's all about the Kavana. It's all about your intention when you start off. Okay? By the way, just one side point that I had to point out. Everybody, the source that a lot of people like to throw around on this topic is every four Amis in Eretz Israel is a mitzvah. Right, you guys? Ever hear that idea? Your motor taught it to when you were a kid. So I looked for that. I was really searching to find if there's any mucker that says that every four almost is a mitzvah. The bad news is I didn't find it. I didn't find it. The good news is I found something that's kind of like that. So, source Ted, the Knesset Zola is a kind of not so well known post mentioned by the Mishpuru sometimes. And it says, I think I saw in the Shadda Giborim. But I don't really know where. That if you go for Amos and Eretz Yisrael, you did a mitzvah. Every four Amos is a mitzvah. So we have a kind of almost source. When you get to our uh, Shemaim, you could say, well, the Knesset Gilad quotes the Shadda Giborim, he thinks he heard it, and try to you know, ask Hashem to pay up for every four Amos. But there is a Makor that says something very, very similar. In the, in the, the Ramam says in the source, Zayin, Amr HaChachamim, Kol HaShochem Eretz Yisrael, Avonotav Mechulim. Anybody who lives in Eretz Israel, all of your sins are, are forgiven. And even if you go for Amos, you get a, a portion in the next world. Maybe that's better than getting a mitzvah. You get a portion of the next world, even just one, four steps in Eretz Israel. So Mr. Nachman, he gets to the land, goes to Amos, and goes home. This story for another day. Next week, we're talking about Rabbi Nachman. And also is based on the Gemara in Ketubah, Rabbi Yochanan, Kol HaMalach, Ba'erba, Amas, Ba'etzel, Mufdak, Lushu, Ben Olam, Abba. Rabbi Yochanan says that if you're in Eretz Yisrael, it's like you're already in Olam, Haba. Maybe that's what this understanding, not that you're just you're going to go to the next world, but if you have the right eyes to understand how special, how precious is a gift, Eretz Yisrael is, and Eretz Yisrael is Olam, Haba. It is the next world. We're living in next world existence if we have that right consciousness. Okay. So just to sum up, basically, what I've been trying to convince you guys and myself <laughs> is saying that, of course, 
there's value just learning. And we, we, when there are two mitzvahs, we have to decide, is this the right time? Maybe this is my year in yeshiva. Maybe I should be focusing mostly on being in the base medrash. Chula v'chula, I have to have my set times, of course. But I also think that there is intrinsic value in walking through Eretz Yisrael, in looking at Eretz Yisrael, as long as our kavana is to connect to Eretz Yisrael, to express our love for Eretz Yisrael, and to gain that connection with Eretz Yisrael. You guys with me? Sounds good? Okay, so here's the exercise for the week. And this series never really meant to bring so many chidushim, some ideas you've never heard before, maybe. Mainly it's meant so that we should have one thing that we bring, bring into our lives throughout the week. Okay? So here's the avoidance. The easy version is the following. When you say betechazena tonight in your marev and in your shachars, have this kavana. Hashem, open up my eyes to see the good in Eretz Yisrael, to look at the beauty in Eretz Yisrael, and, and just to see the good of the land. Okay, so that's the easy version. If you want to go even deeper, write your own tefillah, or if you don't have the time to write, Davin, talk to Hashem. The next time you're going to the Makolet, you're going to go and get some pizza, you're going to get a rebar. And you step foot in Eretz Yisrael, talk to Hashem, and, and Mamish just ask him, Hashem, please let me connect to Eretz Yisrael. Let me feel love of Eretz Yisrael. I'm going to send you guys in the WhatsApp group a tefillah that some big tzaddik wrote about always feeling connected to Eretz Yisrael. But that's the avoda. Once a day, when you're walking in the rover, when you're jogging, whatever you're doing, to ask Hashem that you should really, really um, feel connected to the land. And Bezrat Hashem. So, uh, two minute, one minute left. We'll say uh, L'chaim. Say L'chaim to the fruits of Eretz Yisrael. I'll let you go to your uh, beautiful market. Sounds good? Looks good. L'chaim, L'chaim. That's for you, sir.